all, welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA, and we are brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. It's Tuesday night, uh, almost midnight on the East Coast. Uh, we've just watched the uh, Los Angeles Clippers get uh, knocked right on their you-know-what out of the playoffs by the Denver Nuggets in a tremendous game one in the Eastern Conference Finals. We are here to talk about it. Joining us from Dallas is Tim Band McMahon. Hello, Tim. Howdy, partners. And joining us from San Francisco is Nick Friedel. Nick, I hope you're doing well. Hope you're hanging in there out there. B, I'm making it. It's good to be with you guys again. Well, um, this uh, night is going to be remembered for a long time, um, and there's a whole bunch of different reasons why people are going to remember it. The Laker fans have their reasons. Um, the Clippers fans have their reasons. The Nuggets fans have their reasons. I think I just are there watched. Still Clipper fans? A... <laughs> yeah, they're they're uh, it's it's rough right now. I mean, I I uh, I think any team that had would have experienced what that would just happen there, that is a devastating blow. But I, what I think I just watched, and McMahon, I'll see if you agree, was an absolute total grade A choke oh not, not just an all not just so much in the 3-1 aspect i mean that choke but especially too, but... in the 3-1 aspect especially in the blowing double figure leads in the last three games while choking that three but even setting that aside i'm just talking about the actual performance of tonight oh what it only took him seven minutes in the fourth quarter to get a bucket yeah okay How about so playoff p more turnovers than freaking right, hold on hold your buckets. fire just just for a second hold he your did fire. it the side of the backboard i know hold your fire for a second <laughs> what i what i i think what i saw was a when it was a historic choke job and combined with a spectacular game seven performance by the Nuggets. Well, a spectacular, a spectacular three game comeback by the Nuggets. And look, let's give the Nuggets credit. Two straight series, down 3 1, come back, win both series. Jokic has, like, there's no yeah, but with Jokic. He is at minimum a second tier superstar right behind the perennial MVP candidates. <laughs> well, um, he was a first tier superstar in this game. Oh, for sure. He was the he totally eviscerated Kawhi Leonard in this game, and really in the back half of the series, but in this game, especially. Yeah, I mean he he was great in this game. Uh, God, I mean, just look at the box score. Paul Millsap only had six points, but it, I mean his buckets were huge. He he played that was one of the better six point three rebound performances I've ever seen. Jamal Murray, we got to get, and this guy's on the cojones factor starting five this year, 40 points in the game seven. So, yes, absolutely give the Nuggets credit. We've got time to talk nice about the Nuggets, but what we need to do right now is pile on the most arrogant bunch of guys, the most arrogant franchise that's never sniffed a freaking conference finals. And hey, props to the Portland Trailblazers backcourt for completely unloading their troll game. <laughs> Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum absolutely deserved to to just fire away because you've got Paul George and Patrick Beverly acting like they're on some freaking dynasty. 
they've never sniffed the conference finals. Why are they acting like there's some, you know, I mean, come on now. So, yes, I th- I'll be honest. I thoroughly enjoyed the collapse and the, the troll jobs that came along with it. I think you've seen a lot of NBA basketball. I, I, I really can't com- – I'm not sure I've ever seen anything quite like that. The, the heat in the in the 2011 finals is kind of comparable, but it was the finals, and it was a six-game series. They were ahead 2-1, not 3-1. They were playing mm-hmm. against Dirk. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite like it. I haven't. There is nothing comparable for me, B, because – this was the team, this Clippers team, that I thought absolutely from the second that they signed Kawhi and Paul George, and then we saw the other moves that were made, I thought this was the clear favorite. This was the team, if they stayed healthy with Doc Rivers running the show, that was going to win the title. And that's why the collapse is so unbelievably stunning. They had all the pieces in place. The rhythm was just never there, though. It never was there, and it was always, oh, well, they're, they're not healthy. They haven't played together. No, I mean, Kawhi Leonard, in my mind, coming into this series, into this moment, was the very best player in the league. If you had one game where oh, you needed stop one going guy, on tips on us. No, but if, if you needed one game with one guy, he had proven it time and again. Okay. And you've got to hold Kawhi last week at Bon Temps. I mean, I mean, you can, standard. you can, we could spend time arguing over whether you want him versus anybody else, but it's not arguable that Kawhi Leonard's status as um, finisher was oh, sure. was very and strong. That's what makes this shocking: is that they choked away double figure leads in Game Five, again in Game Six. You're like, okay, surely Game Seven. They'll show some killer instinct. They'll step on their throat. And honestly, Kawhi stunk, and Paul George was worse. I mean, this isn't a case of like the role players. They're two superstars just got completely outplayed. They they stunk it up in a game seven. But, Timmy, I'd add this quickly. I mean, the Clippers deserve every amount of piling on that people are going to give them because of what this year was supposed to be and the moves that they made prior to the season to get them where they were supposed to finally win a title. But I give Denver so, so much credit. Because, guys, how many times over the years have we seen a team go down 3-1 in regular normal times and go, ah, we're done. One, one two, three, get, Cancun, like Pat Dad likes to say. Get me out of here. I don't want to be here anymore. I mean, it's like, it's like the, the Eric Bledsoe tweet come to life. Like a lot of these teams go down and they're like, all right, we're done. Let's get home, especially now in the bubble. So for Denver, that I don't even think a lot of people in Denver are that into that team. They've got the the TV issues with seeing the games on. I've never gotten the sense that that team was as beloved as it could be in that market. <laughs> You're not kidding. That's a really good point. Like. They're, most of their fan or a lot of their fans couldn't even see their games. Yeah, I, I think they they just came to a, a, a resolution right before the the bubble, if I'm not mistaken. Well, so that their fans weird, could see their games. Like I remember, I was there when Russ broke the uh, record for triple doubles in a season and had that crazy like thirty something foot uh, buzzer beater to win it and give him fifty points for the game and, and eliminate the Nuggets right off. Yeah. And the Denver crowd gave him a standing ovation. <laughs> Team gets eliminated from the playoff, and the home 
the home crowd's giving the opponent a standing ovation. So it's, there's definitely a weird fan base factor. But, you know, hey, I mean, if we want to talk about weird fan base factors, the Clippers definitely have that. I, I will say this. Playoffs our way with the little L.A. thing in playoffs. Playoffs our way. The Clippers absolutely lived up to that slogan. This was playoffs <laughs> the Clippers way. Oh, man. Show. This is going to be open season with stuff like that. Um, you know, one of the things, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast over the last few, last seven or eight days, um, or even if you haven't, I mean, I, I've been getting, I've been growing more and more concerned by what I've been seeing with the Clippers. And um, I mean, this isn't exactly, um, you know, mind bending and analysis here, but it, became clear to me in the second half that the Nuggets were just flat out the better team. And even if the Clippers had played better, um, I'm not sure that the incorrect team, I, I think it was appropriate that Denver won. I think they were the better team. And, um, you know, there's going to be some top-down analysis that's going to be done here by the by the Clippers as they figure out what happened. And, you know, there's a there's a number of things, you know, Patrick Beverly fouls too much. Montrez Harrell completely, uh, I think he's out of condition. Um, he can't rebound right. and, uh, he was I mean, a little bit better. Can't guard Jokic. Oh, I mean, that was an embarrassment. Uh, you know, uh, Doc Rivers strategies throughout the entire series were just off. Um, and Doc has now got to live with three, three, one defeats on his record. And quite frankly, um, this is a, a stain on his record. It's a stain on Kawhi's record. It's a stain on Paul George's record. Um, Paul Dude, George's big NBA chat right now is a nightmare. Well, for, so Sig uh, is uh, sports in sports. Yes, sports Doc Rivers ties Pat Riley for most losses by a coach in postseason history and clinch opportunities. Riley was forty and twenty-seven of those games. So Rivers is fourteen. And our Sig is our statisticians. Just so you yes. know. And Doc Rivers, eight losses in game seven or three more than any other coach all time. Doc Rivers has the worst win oh percentage in postseason history and clinch opportunities among coaches with at least wow. 20 games. Doc Rivers is the only coach in NBA history to blow multiple 3-1 series leads. And as you just mentioned, Wendy, this is the third time. I mean, oh, man. Thank goodness that you have to uh, – that Doc can't access the the SIG chat. Well, you know, the thing the – thing, the moment in this game – where I realized, I think it was where I realized that it was truly over, was when Doc went to Reggie Jackson off the bench as Rough. his first guard off the bench in the third quarter. He didn't go to Lou Williams because Lou was horrible. And, and he went to Reggie Jackson, and Reggie immediately took two ridiculous shots and, um, and uh, committed a stupid foul. And I thought, Doc is panicking. Doc is literally is panicking and his option is Reggie Jackson. And the team that I really thought was, you know, I've talked about this. I thought their depth, I mean, all of a sudden it was like, boy, it's laid bare. They, they can't trust anybody. And like, you know, the, like in the fourth quarter where Jermichael green misses a wide open dunk and Lou Williams misses an, like a layup and Paul George hits the side of the backboard. And another time I think he hit the underside of the backboard. I mean, that's just flat out choking. Okay. They're, you know, they, they had collapsed by then, but I'm talking about the actual bones of the team. Um, they were not good enough. And that's an extraordinary misjudgment by a lot of people. And if, you know, if you're a Laker fan, you're obviously going to be celebrating and pointing and making fun of the Clippers. You're making fun of the people who thought the Clippers um, were going to be the championship team uh, this year. I was one of them. And that, that's fine. But there was a lot of people 
who rationally looked at this and thought this was a great team. And they were, they proved not to be a great team. And it wasn't like they were the Bucks, where they were on pace for 70 wins. They were not a great team throughout the entire season. Hey, best Clippers team of all time. <laughs> that is true. No Clippers team's ever, ever gone this far. It, it's, um, a, it's a reminder to me, though, guys, that you can have all the talent in the world on a roster, at least on paper. But there is a different type of mental toughness that's needed to win in the postseason. And we've seen it year after year after year after year. There are different type of players and rosters that come together when when you need to win the most. And that's why, like, I, I just don't want to get it lost. I mean, I had I gave the Nuggets no chance, none, to get out of this series. But to come back th- th- oh, down 3-1 twice in a bubble and to, to see the Clippers melt down the way they have with Kawhi, with Paul George. I mean, B, you said it, and it is so true. It's a stain on both of their legacies, but especially with Doc. that I'm, I am stunned that a Doc Rivers coach team in this moment, given the historical significance of what's going on, just completely melted down the way that they did. Well, and this players was, deserve all the blame. But well, they, they, I mean, you could make the this, argument that well, he's this is he's overseen this kind of meltdown before. Um, I, I but but you know he's also won a title before, so I I see both sides of it. But in this moment against a team that I know I thought I know a lot of us thought was cl- they were clearly better than uh, the Nuggets to see them just disintegrate like this uh, is unbelievable. And you say it's about you know mental toughness. Obviously, Kawhi's got the mental toughness because he's a two-time Finals MVP. I'm telling you, the Clippers were the most arrogant team in the league this season. This was their arrogance biting them in the ass. They got up 3-1, thought they could coast. They got up double figures in game five, thought they could coast. They got up double figures in game six, thought they could coast. They came in and and Jokic wasn't lying when he I think he was with Malika uh, Andrews on the on the you know little post game interview he wasn't lying when he said the Clippers had all the pressure on them they got up double figures today and there was still all and that what I'm saying is not create y- diamonds yes they are they are guilty of coasting but I'm telling you. I think it's the combination of them not having that attitude and also what the Nuggets did because the Nuggets were getting better play from just about every position up and down the lineup. Yeah. And, and Jokic is by far the best player in the I series. I mean, Jokic, they could not handle him. No. And Jokic is, I mean, all, all postseason long. I mean, the shot he hit to to beat the Jazz to to give the Nuggets a lead. I mean, that was a ridiculous turnaround with Gobert all over him, contested as could be. That's one of the great clutch shots that that, that we've seen. And then just, I mean, he dominated. He made Montrezl Harrell totally unplayable in this series. I actually think that Doc's move probably would have been to just to just bench him and uh, and play um, Marcus Morris and and Zubac at center and just and just live with it. Um, Boy, that's a tough thing to do to a six well, man of the year. I mean, I'm just I'm, you know, in the first half where the Clippers were up by 
what were they up at the half? I think maybe eight or nine at the half. Um, Harrell was minus 14. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, and you know what? He never, like, it was a tough situation because obviously his, his grandma passes. He misses the entire seeding schedule. He's no, I mean, he's nowhere close to being in rhythm in game shape. So the guy's basically trying to chip off five plus months of rust in the playoffs. It's, it's bad circumstances for him. But I mean, the facts are he was, he, I mean, he was a liability for the Clippers in this series. But this and really is, in last series too, and against the Mavericks as well. But Timmy, this is also when you need a leader to step up and rally everybody else around him. And there's been so much talk about Kawhi and is he vocal enough? I think this series is a a big knock on Kawhi because Kawhi didn't not only didn't show up when they needed him the most, he wasn't able to get the group to rally around him to 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 get them to a, a different level. Yeah, but I mean, that's I, never going to be his game. I mean, he's not going to be. A, B, what about what about playoff P? Well, exactly. Yeah, like everybody gets doing? knocked down after this type of performance. But yeah, to me, you know what? Kawhi Kawhi's got he's Teflon. When you have two Finals MVPs, your legacy doesn't get. I, I, but I don't think I don't think playoff you're completely Teflon in this sense. I think it, what my point is is that you go back and you look at Toronto. I think that guys like Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, what they showed in that run with Kawhi uh, just lift them up a little bit more because yeah, Kawhi is supposed to be, if not the guy, if we if, if we're not we don't agree there, he's supposed to be one of the guys that makes sure. every single other person on a roster that much better. Right. And, and to see the way that they folded reflects directly on the top dog on any team. Look, sure. I, I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong about that. I'm saying the case is game seven of elimination game where you are the heavy favorite and you've already blown a 3-1 lead and you deliver six of 22 and 14 points. I, I mean, better, you don't even, I mean, you don't have to get worried about five his, turnovers. What's that? That's better than four, 15 and five turnovers. Well, look, Paul George is an inconsistent player. He is going to be, and he is. I think he's played almost ninety um, playoff games in his career now, and his shooting percentage is like forty-one percent. He is going to have games where he is terrible, and he's going to have other games where he is good. You cannot count on him to be your number one, which is why sure the team have a whole was lot of good moments. I know that. Well, that was obviously a laughable commercial, and and it remains laughable. But you know, like Paul George, he obviously sucked, but. <laughs> He's not being held up as a guy who was trying to, you know, put put his name in the all-time greats. I mean, again, if you're going to if you're going to rip down James Harden for his yeah. failures and you're going to get on LeBron for his failures. I mean, I see LeBron he hasn't had a, a playoff game that bad in 10 years. So, okay, if Kawhi comes back next year and leads this team, uh it becomes like sort of a pivot point, but you can't – he is going to live with 6 of 22, and it's more important than the, whether he's getting into people's faces in the huddles or whatever. Well, he's going to live with 6 of 22 and, and having left a championship team to, 
you know, to, to be in LA. Yeah. If you but, want to get on real talk, if he had stayed in Toronto, that team would still be alive in the conference finals. Oh, right I now. Agree. He might win a third. He might gotten his third ring there. Right. And, and, you know, listen, he obviously not only went to, went to the Clippers, but orchestrated. I mean, he was the biggest shot caller in, in, in last year's free agency. He, he was the one who orchestrated the domino that shook up the entire league. And, you know, he, he picked Paul George to be his running mate. and That's know. right. And so, I mean, and the reality is this. if And I wrote a story, and I, I got this assignment uh, Sunday night, and I, I spent a bunch of time Monday writing it. Um, if you're going to hold the Bucks' feet to the fire and say, boy, are you guys in trouble? Your star player is one year from free agency. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you're really in trouble. You may think you have to trade him, whatever. You must hold the Clippers now to the same standard because Absolutely. they traded three unprotected first-round picks, two pick swaps, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Gallinari. But, I mean, he's not super relevant. But um, And they then they traded the future for this. And then, then they traded another first-round pick from Marcus Morris to compete in this window. And the reality is that the window was only guaranteed to be two years because that's what Paul and, and Kawhi have on their contracts. Do I honestly think that those guys are going to leave in a year? I don't, but I didn't think that this was going to happen with this team this year. Okay. And, and so they're also not getting younger though. And so and I'm saying they've now squandered. So, so they opened a window, which we could debate whether it's two years or it's going to be four years or whatever. Also they have injury history. So you don't know how many, quote, healthy years that you're going to get with them. They had a healthy year here. It was an odd year, an unfortunate year. They had injuries during the season. However, at the end, they were fully healthy as a team. So they And they've squandered one of them. There's just no other way to say it. They've squandered one of them, and the stakes for each of these seasons are so much higher, again, because they have the Brooklyn Nets trade hanging out there. They have Oklahoma City is holding three unprotected picks and two pick swaps. So they have to make hay in this window and now they have they have botched it and Kawhi and Paul George are one year away and Paul George has a contract extension eligible this offseason and if you've traded three first round picks and Shea Gilles Alexander for him I think you are compelled to offer him the contract extension you know what I would do I would I would replay Game seven and offer him the veterans minimum. Well, you know, yeah, you're just being ridiculous. You have to make, we expect you to make real comments on here. Um, let me, uh, but I was just saying, like, what if Paul George doesn't sign it? Now, Paul George has, in you know, in his career, and again, right now, okay, you can open it up and you can make fun of him, but he is a, he is an excellent player. He's an um, excellent player, but not in the biggest moments, B. Well, That's the problem with Paul George. He's, he, he's an all You need he him to deliver player. in the biggest of moments. Repeatedly, the evidence is there th that he's just not there sometimes. And and quickly on this, if you believe in basketball karma, the the Clippers they're sitting there laughing and making fun of Damian Lillard. In, a, in the moment, as a fan, I'm going, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> and, and I tell you what. I I love how Dame handled that. Just calmly reminding, "Hey Pat Bev, I sent your ass home. Hey Paul George, I sent your ass home with probably the best buzzer beater in NBA history, right in your grill." Um, and then today, just having a little tweet fest, having a little Cancun, see you there type situation. 
<laughs> I, I, well played by by Dame Lillard. It was Cabo. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. So here's the thing. This is one of Pat Riley's things. Um, when you have a team that you think is a championship team, if you don't win, it doesn't mean that you break it up. Sometimes you lose and you come back the next year and you just you you try to fix your mistakes and do it. Um, this is one of the things that he was talking about in vain to LeBron when they lost uh, to the to the Spurs in 2014 and LeBron blew Miami. Um, I don't think they have a whole lot of options here. I think they probably have to re-sign their guys um, because they can't replace them. You know, like, you know, if, you know, you may say to yourself, well, look, uh, I'm not real sure we want to make a huge investment in Montrez Harrell if he's not going to be able, but he's not replaceable. They can't just like go use their mid-level exception to go replace that guy. So I think they're going to have to try to re-sign him. I think they're going to have to try to re-sign Marcus Morris. Frankly, they've traded a first-round pick for him. They really should. And I think Jermichael Green is the other potential free agent. I think they're going to have to re-sign those guys, if, if nothing else, than to protect the asset that you could maybe use in a trade later. Um, but cold as it is, honestly, Montrez Harrell's probably a lot more affordable now than he, than he was before the, uh, he, he the cost NBA himself, restart. He cost himself a lot of money. I just no other way to say it. Um, Do we think that any of this would have played out differently in a normal world? No. I mean, my thing is, um, if wow. the if if the Clippers were going to play at this level, the Lakers were going to slaughter them. So, whether or not that would have happened if we were if we were playing these games in May and June, um, it's probably better for the game of basketball. It's not better for ratings, probably, but. It's better for the game of basketball that the team that has actually earned its way to to get to the conference finals and is playing high level basketball will face the Lakers. Because if the Clippers played that way, in fact, let me ask you this, Friedel, how do you foresee this matchup going? I want to tell you during the regular season, whatever that's worth to you, the Lakers were three and one against the Nuggets and they won both times they played in Denver. And Anthony Davis dominated just kicked Jokic's tail, um, averaged 29 and nine and shot 54%. Jokic only averaged 16 and shot like 44%. He, he had, now that's not going to be the Jokic that shows up on Friday. Um, but Anthony Davis has had a lot of success uh, against them. And, um, and they know, have no answer for LeBron. Of course not. Of course not. You know, they don't have that, that, uh, those wing defenders that, that, uh, um, that the, the Clippers thought they had. Um, so how do you think that goes, uh, Friedel? The Lakers are the clear favorites, Pete. Oh, it's a huge... I mean, the, the Lakers just, are dancing in the streets. Right? Oh, my They're gosh. I mean, my man McTen is just... <laughs> it's just beaming right now at, uh, at everything that's happening with the old Lakers. But I look, the reality is I didn't think... 
that the Lakers were going to come together this quickly in the moment already. So they have far exceeded my expectations. Uh, Lakers fans love to to resend me a clip from the jump about two weeks into the season when I said it was going to be it was going to be the Clippers and the Jazz if they were healthy that I thought would show down at the end. So well, hey, if Lakers, not for that Bogdanovich wrist sprain, it, it just know, crushed right? it. It crushed him. But to the point about this series, I would bet on the Lakers, but I I wouldn't bet that much money on them. Right yes, now, I would come on. Just stop. because, no, 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 this no, no. Will, I think the Lakers are going to win, and I think they're going to win handily. But, choke job. But to but it this is to B's point. The Nuggets team that the Lakers saw months and months ago is not the same Nuggets team. Well, they Jamal have Murray's so much the confidence. Dude. They have so much confidence right now that I, I wouldn't put anything past them completely. But the Lakers are absolutely. A prohibitive favorite walking in. If I had to, if I had to put money down right now, I'd probably say Lakers in five. Plus, playoff Rondo's coming Guys, from Jamal Murray. Playoff Rondo's coming for him. William Rondo's going to be talking trash in the seats too. My my phone is such a mess right now. I mean, I am getting texts from executives, agents. <laughs> I got a text from an owner a little bit ago, uh, like. People around the game, workout guys, uh, assistant coaches from other teams, coaches. Um, I mean, the chatter that is happening right now in the NBA. I mean, I just live in one little corner of it. Imagine the players out there right now. I mean, you think Dame and, and CJ are going off on uh, on Twitter. Can you imagine what's going on in some group text, texts right now? I'm telling oh you, my Clippers God! Arrogance turned off a lot of people. They act like they acted like they're some kind of dynasty. They but they, you know what? Anything. They are a very high quality organization. They made a what lot of really do? smart moves. That 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 has gotten them what? Not a trip to the conference finals. I mean, well, I, exactly. Speak softly. Did a phenomenal job. The yeah. players on the roster acted like they were some kind of dynasty, and they hadn't done anything. They acted like they were already there. Timmy. A couple of players they acted did. like they were you know, already there. A couple of players did. I Paul mean, George, Pat Beverly, Marcus Morris. I mean, we're you know it's a pretty significant slice of the rotation right there. Man, I mean, I mean, this just like I, I can't believe some of the stuff that's being said to me right now. All right, I mean, like just the slander that's being thrown at some of these guys. I, I, I mean, I didn't sense. I mean, you know, McMahon, you are. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, you know, you've been on this, but um, I didn't understand the uh, the the built up dislike. Um, I, I think I think some of it is, and the same thing with happened with the Heat in that first year. Yeah, you know, their their off season move was such a huge coup, right? That there was jealousy, and yep. so you know, like go back to high school, you know, when the we, when you wanted the girl and this other guy got her and then she dumped him, you felt Never good happened about to me. it. Never happened to me. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have girls in your high school. They didn't, uh, they had let him in the military. Academy. Stop. Wasn't military. Wasn't military. <laughs> um, that was the option I turned down. No, but, but B, you're, I want to, I want to move forward on that for a second. It's the big bully. It's the big high school bully that sat there and talked and talked and talked. And I think it, it came into focus for a lot of people after that exchange with Dame a few weeks ago uh, with the Blazers. But yep. the bully 
ran his mouth and ran his mouth and was cocky all the way through. And then not only did the bully melt down when times got rough, but they, they found this foe that, that had the, <laughs> these, the, the underdog that had these players that were knocking down shots all over the place. And, and they weren't engaging in the, in the BS. They just kept playing. And <laughs> I mean, is this actually turned into the, the, the Los Angeles Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis as right. somewhat sympathetic figures here? Uh, I, I mean, th- they've been somewhat underdogs. To the Clippers. I, uh, I mean, not to the Laker fans. I realize that the Laker fan thought 82-0. and 0. I mean, I realize that. And the Laker fan has got to be feeling pretty good about that. But, I mean, this LeBron's had some – over the years, you know, people hammer him on his finals record. And that's – you know, it is what it is. He's had some misfortune. Well, also, I think hammering the po- guy in- finals record, like it's not better to lose in the conference finals in the finals. It's not better to be, of course, of you know, course. three and zero than th- whatever. I, I know. Like, I, what I'm just saying is, finals. there have been there have been quite a few postseasons where things didn't work out for LeBron. 2011 is the one he has to own, and he did. Agreed. Other Agreed. than that, uh, you know, right? He's out up his end. Okay. This postseason that's working out for him. So what I would say here is the final analysis from me before we move on to the East. LeBron has been given a glorious opportunity. The Bucks are gone. The Clippers are gone. Those are the two teams that we yep. thought for months were the teams that were going to give them problems. All right. He is holding in his hand a chance at that fourth title, a chance at that winning that title with that third team, putting another banner up at Staples. Um, Legendary status as a Laker going forward. He's got to take it. He could play another three years of the Lakers and not get this opportunity again, whether it's the Clippers or or Heat or whoever, wherever Giannis goes or whatever happens. So now, and I mean, his eyes the Nuggets. are <laughs> the Nuggets. His eyes are wide open on this one. He knows. So he's got to take it. Yeah, That's he, just he could he could not have picked a better way for this uh these conference semifinals. Well, it wasn't totally in his control. Like other like it wasn't in his control that Kyrie hurt his knee and Kevin Love got his shoulder ripped out in a year that they probably had a chance to beat them, beat the, the Warriors. So now the worm turned. Karma has tossed him one back. Grab it. And he knows. He knows to grab it. And that team has enough veterans, I think, that they know. We'll see if they can do it. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click Ranger.com or just stop by. Don't you want to see Jimmy Butler against LeBron right now, though? Is that the finals you want to see? Good question. Uh, I hadn't thought of it. I've Lakers been so Celtics focused history, on but dude, Jimmy Butler to me is the most fascinating. He's the most fascinating character in the book. Well, LeBron versus the Heat. Yeah. By the way, LeBron versus Riley is what intrigues me. It, it's it's a it's interesting that it's you know, yeah, LeBron versus Riley, but Pat Riley is not playing. Um, uh, <laughs> they don't get to play in Miami. LeBron has not won in Miami, or like they 
did they win there this year? LeBron hadn't won in Miami since he left. I think maybe he won there this year. Anyway, um, the Miami Heat. This game was a. I mean, it's it's unfortunate that it's <laughs> that it's uh, being reduced to the appetizer. What a high level basketball Dude. game, McMahon. I mean. For Jimmy Butler to have that drive, the and one drive that's the go-ahead points, and that not even to be the story of the game by far is crazy. That bam block, I mean, dude, that's his weak hand going up with his left hand. Tatum has that thing cocked back. The ball he just was rejects in the cylinder. Yes, that would break a mere mortal's wrist. The ball he, was in the cylinder. He threw it back. That's the best playoff block. No disrespect to Kawhi's FU block on Jamal Murray, especially since that didn't help him win a series. But that well, it's, it, is it's, the it's, best it's, playoff block since LeBron's chase down on the well, LeBron's chase down block happens in the fourth quarter of a game seven. I, it, you know, the circumstances have to matter. But in right. terms of difficulty. Oh, my God. The it's idea crazy. that he could make that block, by the way, without having his hand hit the rim because – by the way, like I've been very high on Jason Tatum. Uh, even last year as he was struggling, mm-hmm. I, I was trying to hold on to my – and he's backed that up. He's going to have to get stronger because he got worked physically by Jimmy on that drive to the basket. Worked. And he got – he just wasn't stronger than Bam Adebayo. He just he, – he, he was just weaker. I don't know how I don't know how else to say it. He was weaker there. Um, yeah. I think also 99.47% of NBA players are weaker than Bam Adebayo. Uh, uh, also, what a, what a player. I mean, Jimmy Butler's going to bully damn near every, any wing in the league. So I don't know if, you know, can Tatum get in the weight room a little bit? Sure, but. I don't necessarily know that this is evidence that he's some sort of. No, I know. I'm dude. just saying. I'm just those saying are, that those are beasts. On those two momentous occasions, well, yeah. Tatum, and, Tatum went strength on strength and got beat on both of them. Yeah, and and the Heat have two All Star bullies, two just bad ass. And, and Jimmy's shot from the corner, the three that I mean, Marcus that was Smart. Unbelievable. By the way, I can't Marcus believe Smart. Jimmy's that tough and he drinks Michelob Mich- <laughs> You did have a funny tweet about that. I mean, my God. Um, it's a big paycheck, Mr. Marcus McMahon. Smart, by the way, gets them to overtime with the flop on the inbounds play that gets the oh, free throw. Just a classic Marcus Smart play. The second greatest flop of, I mean, maybe it's the better, you know, that he had that flop against Toronto where he was yeah. trailing the play. I mean, this flop got them to overtime. So I have to say this flop is even better. Well, and the, and the best part was Kimba pushed, uh, I, f- I forgot who it was, pushed the dude into him. And then he flopped. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was incredibly intelligent play. Um, and, I, and by the way, like the Heat complained about it, but. If I were them, I would have been apoplectic because they lost the game. I'm sorry. They lost the chance to win in regulation because of that flop. It ended up working out for him. But Jimmy's three there, that should have been the game winner because they ended up getting the stop when Tatum uh, didn't drive on that one and took the outside shot. I do do like that the Celtics are going to Tatum because I think it's it's so hard for Kemba, although Kemba, with that step back, the way he puts that foot, I mean – 
you can so see all the hours he's poured in where he, you know, when he goes to that step back where he goes left and he puts his right foot into the ground and at this angle that allows him to get maximum leverage to push back and get that shot off. By the way, I also want to say, how about Eric Spolstra riding Tyler Hero? I was going to say, what a rookie playoff performance. And he is out there working his tail off on defense. Um, I mean, Even if he came a step back, I mean, he defended it well. It's just a great shot. If you great shot, if you like basketball, I mean, if you are not a Celtics fan, if you are just a casual fan, I find it hard to believe Friedel that you wouldn't watch the Heat play and say, "I like that." They're a fun group. They defend, but be what I keep coming back to is that Jimmy found his basketball soulmate with that organization. I mean, he he and the Heat are the, the Spider-Man meme of the NBA. He just fits there. And you wrote a great story about this uh, last week, I know. But I've, I've covered him since he came into the league. I have never seen him happier. And he just knows that he fits. He knows that they trust him. And it's, it's really funny. At the end of that game, we're sitting on the Zoom, and I asked him right at the end, I said, you've always prided yourself on, on your confidence, but with the way you've delivered in the postseason the last few weeks, are you even more confident than you were before? And he gives me the, oh, because I'm not, I'm not that much more confident. It's all the same, but I'm more confident in my guys. And it's funny because Malika texted me. She was standing right there in the bubble. And she said that <laughs> as Jimmy had started to answer, Bam Adebayo is on the side and he's waiting to talk to the media. And Bam goes, oh, yeah, he is. Oh, yeah, he is. And, and that's the scary part for the rest of the league because Jimmy has always believed in himself more than anybody else. He's always believed he could have these moments. Right. But these last few weeks have taken him to a, a level I've never seen him at before. Well, and and look, Jimmy obviously ain't for everybody. By the end of Chicago, he wasn't for Chicago. He damn sure wasn't for for Minnesota. I mean, that you know that was a bad cultural fit. That became very clear. You know, I'm still not completely clear what exactly happened in in, in Philadelphia. Thought that was a pretty good fit. You know, so did Joel Embiid apparently. Um, but he is absolutely for Miami. I mean, his personality is a perfect fit there and you know it's funny they're they're not all like you wouldn't look at tyler hero duncan robinson goran drog i mean these are finesse type of players but they fit really well with him and then you know out of bio tough dude you know people overlooked when they when they made that iguodala trade Jay Crowder's a damn good oh, NBA man. Crowder. I mean, Crowder has been more important normal. to them than, than Iguodala. Oh, Crowder's playing yes. way, way more important minutes yeah. than Iguodala. Well, he, he's, he allowed – Crowder was has been critical. And look, Crowder's shooting the ball great right now, which that comes and goes for him. But what he does, he allowed them to move Bam to center full-time and play that small ball lineup because he is, you know, he is a really solid small ball four. And, and, you know, he, and, you know, he's, he's that same type of, he's not as talented as Jimmy, but he's that same type of kind of Marquette tough personality. That's what Doc needs to do. They also, they also, you know, Eric Spolstra is a, is an excellent tactician. Um, he 
will put them in good positions. He will do well within that. Um, and they don't have, you know, they don't have the inferiority issue of not having home court. In other words, they, you know, this game was technically a Celtics home game. So they don't, you know, they're the number five seed. They haven't had to play a road game. So that works out for them. Then you have to you know, Pat Riley's dream is if he could run his team like it was the military. Um, I, I wrote this recently that if Pat Riley's life had just been slightly different, he could have been on the Joint Chiefs of Staff because he was a basketball player, so he went to Kentucky and played basketball. But if he had not been a basketball player, I could have definitely seen him in the military. They run their operation like a paramilitary operation. They treat their players like soldiers. <laughs> like the way that the way that they obsessively weigh and measure the body fat of their players, the the drills that they make them run, the conditioning, like it is it is not far off from the Navy SEALs. And and um Riley is totally into the military. He honors a military um, person before every single game has for like 15 years. Um, and remember when the heat uh, got the big three, you know where he went for the first training camp. He went to a military base in Pensacola because that's where he wanted him to begin their run on a military base. So what are they doing right now? They're in a, they're living in a, essentially yeah. it's, it, it's a five-star barracks, they're at boot camp. And his guy, Jimmy Butler, his leader of his team is saying, I don't even want my family and friends here. Don't even come. We're on a business trip. Now, I don't want to go overboard. But his with business the is coffee. <laughs> right. And business is good on a lot of levels. <laughs> $20. $20 a, uh, $20 a cup. This is Pat Riley's dream. Yeah. He's got his team living in a barracks. And Jimmy's dream. Jimmy is such a perfect fit for all this. They, so like, Udonis Haslam called his shot, B. A few weeks ago, he said this team was built for the bubble. And and there's been so much talk about heat culture and what it means and how it's kind of come back to life. And they've righted the ship after a bunch of bad free agency signings over the last few years. But this is what they all expected coming into the bubble. This is why, again, we talked about the lack of mental toughness with the Clippers. <laughs> this Heat group has it in spades. They believe they can beat the bubble, and they believe they're preparing themselves every night to go and face, uh, in this case, the Celtics, and find a way. But having said all this about the Heat, as we sit here tonight after game one, I'd still take the Celtics to win this This series. game was skin tight. It could have so easily yeah. gone either way, like five different ways. I, um, I'd still take the Heat to win this series, much to my mom's chagrin. Yeah, you said so, you still take the Celtics. I mean, boy, you're, you're, what a flip-flopper you are. What do you mean flip-flopper? You just you said take the Celtics you, and you took the Heat? Well, I mean, you, what, just, you, you just misspoke. You didn't, you just misspoke. You didn't realize it. Um, oh, 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 no, no, no. I'd McMahon, still, I would you, take who, the Celtics to win the series. Did you completely? I think did they've you, got too yeah. many guys who can create their own shot. Did you both, did you guys Tatum, both pick the Celtics? I don't make picks, but did you I guys? Did you, did you pick the Heat? Yeah. He picked the Heat. I picked the Celtics. Picked, and this is after I, I took the Heat. To win the East, though. So what do I know? <laughs> <You're> <laughs> yeah. I had Buck Raptors in the East Finals. So um, I'm, I'm like, did you have really Clippers? Rely on my expertise here. Who'd you have out of the West? I had Lakers. 
All right, well, yeah, I thought Clippers still alive in the West Finals. Still alive. In 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 full transparency, I had Bucks Raptors at the start before everything began, and then I watched the Bucks, and I've been following the Heat now for damn near three months, and I picked the Heat to win that Bucks series because I just saw the matchups, I saw how motivated they were, but now as I watch the Celtics. I just think that in the end, in this series, as great as Jimmy has been, and he's not going to stop doing that now, the Celtics defensively are really, really tough, and they have three guys in Kemba, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum who can get their own shots off all the time. Well, and they and, are saying that they're going to get Hayward back. I don't yeah. think it'll be for. I don't think it'll be for game two, but one. Well, and you know point. what? Great. So you're going to get a rusty, out of rhythm Maybe. Hayward back. I mean, Maybe. look. Okay. I mean, they're they're, they're Russ, leaning Westbrook pretty hard. They're Rockets. leaning. They're leaning pretty hard on Grant Williams and Brad Wanamaker. So I think seeing uh, Gordon Hayward, even for 20 minutes, is going to be a welcome sight. That's yeah. going to that. You can't ignore that when you're projecting this series, especially if it's going to be this close. And McMahon, you could be right. He could come back and he could go two of eight, and they just end up not even using him by well, the I end. I'm not saying crazy. that, but I just think that's a factor. I just think it's an insane challenge to come back off of a significant injury i agree where you're not chipping off just the four to whatever week you know four to five six weeks whatever it'll be of injury rehab time he's basically got to chip off six months of rust and we i saw it with russell westbrook where he was a shell of himself in these playoffs but again he he, was coming off coronavirus too okay if he plays three good minutes at the right time, it could be a factor. I just think it's when you're evaluating the series, I think you have to take it into account. The NFL schedule drops this week and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with vivid seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, every eye popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off vivid seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code hoop. That's code hoop. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid seats experience it live. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hitch, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit DirecTV.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Before we go, I just want to give one last tip of the cap to Michael Malone. Back when I met him 15 years ago, he went by Mike, but now he's very clear he wants to go by Michael. I think today was his birthday. Yesterday or today was his birthday. Before this game, I think this summarizes the way that the Clippers and the Nuggets approached this entire last week. It was brought up to to Malone that the Clippers were undefeated when their coaches wore the salmon colored polos. Because you know, the one of the things that's happened in the bubble is the coaches, the all, all yeah. the coaches align their outfits and you know they rotate through them. 
And uh, Mike, Mike Malone, who has been a quote machine for years, but specifically mm-hmm. since they've been in Orlando, is like, we dressed in all black like Johnny Cash. I don't even own anything in my wardrobe that's salmon. And I'll bet our record in all black is better than theirs in salmon. <laughs> and it's just bravado, I realize. But that is a coach who's not afraid of losing. Hey, Nick. Jolly old Saint Nick. You know why Wendy loves him some Michael Malone? Why is that? Because anybody who goes from a long time buzz cut to like a you know pretty <laughs> the hairdo, extra, the extra fluff on a, top is a, is a total Wendy dude. You know, can I, relate. I had to I had to <laughs> hey, write let, let Michael Malone start using some hairspray and they're like brothers. I have to say, I have to say. Uh, I went back and watched the 2007 uh, Cavs-Pistons uh, game. I had to write a little thing for a Western Conference preview in the event that the Nuggets won. I had already written I'd written a beautiful one, pitting Kawhi and LeBron. That's now been uh, ejected to the moon. It'll never be see the light of day. So, but so it's bomb, Tim. He'll enjoy it. <laughs> tear, a single tear goes down his cheek as he reads it. Kawhi, LeBron, we've... Kawhi's uh, better. Kawhi's better. Uh, yeah, I, I, that that's going to be a tough that's going to be a tough podcast to listen back to for him. I, I agree, but you know, look, you know, some people, you know, not everybody can be right all the time. He he called the Lakers. He's he's his predictions have been pretty good, but it came to called the end. Raptors you, last year. I'm yeah. sorry, I interrupt your story to make fun of Bond Tim's, which actually I'm not sorry for that. But you were saying you anyway, went back and watched, I was saying. watching rewatching the 2007 playoffs when Mike Malone was an assistant with uh with the Cavs and LeBron was you know leading that sort of magical run till they reached the Spurs but they went through the magical run to reach the finals and um Mike Malone had full head of dark hair very forward hairline and so did LeBron um their hair is no Mike Malone's hair I'm telling you I was it was the shock of the bubble I'm a voluntary buzz cut guy, but you can tell. Like I got the Jokic style, where you can see. I, like, I'm telling you, broke. if you'd have seen Malone, Mike Malone from was like to the bone. Well, I'm, I was shocked when. Now, again, we talked. I'm, this is two straight weeks we've discussed Tony Brothers. Tony Brothers, I believe there's some artificial situations going on there. I reject. I reject that a guy got uh, artificial anything during during pandemic. I reject it. All right, we're off base. Thank you for listening to the Hoop Collective podcast. Thanks for sticking with us. Um, we got a lot to go on. The, the conference finals, I suspect, are going to be incredibly enjoyable, and this Clippers fallout is going to go. Who knows how this is going to play out in the next few days? Just alone, much less the off season. Um, stay with us. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll talk to you this weekend. Thanks for listening. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV.
Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.